As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to this, I pray, I hope that it is good, y'all. And as always, thank you so much for choosing to meet me where? In the middle. I am your host, your homegirl, your friend, your confidant, your boon your virtual bestie. Ladies, this is Myra, and you have again found yourself in the middle with me. And thank you, as always, y'all. Thank you for meeting me in the middle. And so I'm doing a check-in with you. I'm checking in specifically with my Texas gals. Because, y'all, we had a week. We had a tough week. Now, my week was, I would say, inconveniencing. But for many of my Texas sisters... It was tough. Y'all, we had an unprecedented snowstorm that shut Texas down. And listen, if you're from the Midwest and from the North and you talking all this lip about y'all get a few inches of snow and it shuts y'all down, listen, the word is infrastructure. We do not have the infrastructure built into any of our systems, including our piping, our freeways, all of that kind of stuff. Like we're not built to handle that. So don't come for us. Y'all know how people say it's too early. Y'all, it's too early for jokes. It's too early for nonsense and criticism. Don't do it. (laughs) So many um, of our sisters in Texas had no water and no power and it was tough. So I'm just doing a check-in. I pray that things are well. I pray that things are calming down and getting back to some sense of normalcy and um, that there weren't too many stressors that pushed you over the edge. But to do the reverse check-in, to check in on me, y'all, thank you for asking. Um, I'm actually doing good. We actually at my house never lost power or water. So we um, were blessed. And I just appreciate um, the blessing that was given to me. But I know that other people didn't have that same experience. And I know that because in talking to some of my friends and looking at social media, I saw that people are tired. People are overwhelmed, tired just flustered and disgusted because of whether it be COVID and all of its residual issues or other issues like health and the snowstorm and life and finances. I just feel, and I've seen that an overwhelming sentiment or people are just tired, just emotionally and physically drained. And so I wanted to talk about that today. The topic of today's show, It's what to do when you just tired. 
And even more so, the things that are making you tired have no end date. Like, for example, every now and then I have this crazy notion to run a half marathon. And it's typically about at mile 10 where I start doing this self-talk of, I can't believe you out here. Like, what made you think with your old behind and your bad knees should be out here running this race? And I start to do that talk to myself at about mile number 10. But what keeps me going is that I know that I have just about three more miles. So there is an end to my tiredness and my fatigue. But in another situation, let's just say I'm running because someone is chasing me and I don't have an end in sight. And so I don't know when my finish line will be. So there's a difference between running to a designated finish line versus running with no end. And I see that many people feel that I'm exhausted with no end in sight. Sis, is that you? Is it how you feel? Are you just tired? Are you exhausted? Well, this show is for you. And I pray that something I say helps you get some release and relief of life in all of its pressures. So number one, here we go. The first tip that I want to give you, the first thing that I want you to do is just to freaking fall apart. I give you permission and I am almost demanding and forcing you to just go into a blubbery mess of tears and shambles. Just release it, get into it, cry, fall apart, wallow, close your blinds, turn off your lights, don't answer your phone, tell your children that they are on their own with their meals. You could, They can eat noodles and sandwiches for all you care. You can just get Netflix and chill for 24 hours. I don't care if you brush your teeth today, sis. This one day, I want you to fall apart. And y'all crying is so good because you've been holding it in, holding it down, keeping it together. But y'all crying actually releases countless toxins and hormones that contribute to elevated stress levels. And crying, y'all, it just feels good. So sis, let it out. Get that ugly cry. That cry so hard till sometimes you laugh, cry. Y'all, this day, just give yourself a designated time period to lose it. And to those of you who are caring for small children and saying, well, my five-month-old can't make her own sandwiches. Okay, that's fine. You can feed her, but just do the bare minimum today. And for those of you caring for elderly parents and you have to show up every day, that's fine. Take care of them. But today... We are not worried about engaging and stimulating and connecting, y'all. This one day, give yourself permission to just check out at the level that you can check out. You need this day, y'all. You need this day, sis, just to put your hair in a messy bun. And for those of us who don't have messy bun lint yet, just let it do what it do. Let it stand up straight on his ends <laughs> and just be. Sis, I give you permission this day to let your kids watch 
hours on ends of electronics, as long as it's not inappropriate, just eat a whole row of Girl Scout cookies <laughs> and just give in to the fact that sometimes life just sucks. Don't try to process it, figure it out, fix it. Just give into it and just be. Now, notice I said one day. I did not say a week, a month. Because at that point, y'all, it becomes depression or harmful to you and others. It becomes toxic even. But you get this one day. All right? So now, after... You take that oh-so-important day of just releasing it. The second thing I want you to do is just laugh. Now, I know you're saying, Myra, I have major problems. I have some stuff going on. And you're giving me all this, like, you know, just these little fixes. But, y'all, I'm telling you, it is important. Like, we're going to get to some hardcore tips on how to do some actual, physical, tangible things that can help you when you are physically overwhelmed. I'm going to get there. But what I'm telling you now is just as important. So number two, I want you to have a good laugh. Like I am telling you that there is so much when it comes to the importance of laughter. Okay, let me tell you why <laughs> the mental health benefits of laughing. Number one, it provides a distraction. Laughter provides your brain with a break from worrying about the stress. Laughter is a for real brain break. Then it improves your mood. Laughter produces just a general sense of well-being that can help diffuse or soften your feelings of anger, depression, anxiety. It also reduces stress hormones. Cortisol is our primary stress hormone that circulates all throughout our bodies. And so laughter can actually decrease cortisol levels, y'all. Like I'm just not talking frou-frou, flow-flow, fluff. This is real scientific medical evidence stuff. Laugh, sis. Um, it also increases the good hormone, that feel-good hormone of endorphins. So um, that is a chemical produced by our brain that boosts happiness. So laugh. And so some things that you can do to help you laugh is to follow a funny meme account or um, somebody's social media that you know gives you a good laugh. Or you can create a Pinterest board with quotes and just uh, or follow someone else's Pinterest board with feel good, funny quotes. Um, listen to a funny podcast. There's even something called laughter yoga. Look it up. See if that works for you. Um, also alter your environment. I know that it's COVID and we're limited to where we can go and who we can be around, but just reshape where you work sometimes or where you study or who you hang around. You can even host a game night in person or virtual, depending on what your COVID cautiousness is. Watch YouTube videos, spend time with playful people. That's a big one. Like who in your circle is that person that's your go-to person that you know that can make you laugh? So specifically do things that help you laugh, okay? <laughs> Y'all, laughter improves 
improves your cardiac health, your immune system. It lowers your blood pressure. It improves your mood, reduces stress hormones, increases endorphins. I promise you, laughter in the face of being overwhelmed is so beneficial. Okay, so number one, we're going to give into it. Just wallow. But to help us come out of that, we're going to specifically and strategically find ways to laugh. And then number three, and this is kind of coming from my occupational therapy background. I'm going to tell you what I mean. What I want you to do is physically manifest it, channel it, get it out. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So um, as an occupational therapist, I've often worked with children and adults who have sensory processing and regulating disorders. Um, the, the most common one that you may be familiar with is autism. And so um, one of the issues with our clients who have autism is that they get easily overstimulated, whether it be by smells and noises and people and lights. And so they often live in a state of being overwhelmed. And one of the ways that we teach them to regulate themselves is by getting tactile, kinesthetic, and proprioceptive stimulation. And what I mean by that is that we often tell them to, you know what? No, actually a better picture is you've seen a kid like bang themselves up against the wall or hit their hand or hit their head. That's because they're seeking stimulation to help regulate them, to calm them down. And so if you lift and shift that to you, you're overstimulated right now, right? Oftentimes, not exactly the same way as a person with autism, but enough for you to understand my concept. When you are overstimulated, your brain and your body actually needs touch, pressure, and movement to help regulate it. So what I want you to do, sis, is go to a trampoline park. I didn't say take your kids. You can if you want, but you can just go by yourself and just jump. Or I want you to go to one of those break rooms where you can get a sledgehammer and just break windows and doors. I want you to go do some yard work, heavy lifting of pots and plants. Get you a weighted blanket and snuggle. Do a dance video. Go to a kickboxing class. Run, bike. I am telling you, I promise you that this is not going to fix your problem of being overwhelmed, I know, but it is going to help your brain and your body physically respond to it better. It is going to help with hormone balance, again, increasing the good hormones, decreasing the bad hormones is going to physically help you regulate this stress better. So think about some ways, five or 10 ways that you can physically release the pressure and help yourself regulate this state of being overwhelmed. So write a list, sis. I, like this is the time that I want you to say, I'm just not listening to Myra. She's just not blowing smoke up my butt. Like I'm not just listening. I'm going to actually try to implement some of this stuff. All right, ladies, we are midway through. So just a quick re recap. So first it was just to release it, give into it. Let that wave that's overtaking and overwhelming you, let it just for a day now, just go with it, give into it, release it. Number two, 
We gotta laugh. Y'all laughing is just not some frou-frou, frivolous thing that kids and immature people do. Y'all laughing has scientific, metabolic, medical, scientific proven evidence that it helps in times of set and stress. Y'all, I'm not ashamed to admit that my favorite movie, <laughs> it's not a deep movie. It's not a godly Christian movie. It's not an Oscar winning performance. Y'all, my favorite movie is Friday. And I love Friday because each and every time I watch it, it makes me laugh, like spit laugh. And I love that feeling. So sis, what movie for you, what podcast, what friend, what social media account that you follow makes you laugh? Go with it. <laughs> the third thing we discussed was just physically finding a way to get it in and get it out. Like going to a kickboxing class doing some yard work and digging and lifting and planting, going biking, doing a dance video, going to one of those break rooms where you get a sledgehammer and just lay into some stuff, going to a place where you can do bumper cars, like getting this tactile, kinesthetic, proprioceptive input to your body that helps you regulate. Y'all, I promise you, it helps. And listen, what I want you to believe is not that I'm offering laughter and going bumper cars and just having a day of crying. It's going to somehow magically eating Twinkies is going to fix your situation. But think about this, sis. What if each one of these tips helps a little? And maybe out of the five or six tips that I share with you, only three work for you. But what if they work a little? It not feeling a little bit better, better than feeling how you're feeling now? So just think of my advice and any advice given to you by a counselor or a coach or a friend. Think of the advice as just helpful tips that help a little. Instead of asking yourself, is Myra's advice going to fix it? Ask yourself, will it help incrementally? And if you start implementing advice from different sources, different people, and start implementing it, and each of those pieces of advice incrementally helps you, is it worth it? If it helps even one iota, but if you take 10 tips that help a little bit, you will find, sis, that progressively the issue that is mentally overwhelming you, it's getting better. It may not be perfect. It may not be solved, but incrementally getting better. Okay, let me move on. <laughs> the fourth incremental thing that may help is you looking at your situation and asking yourself this question. What do I need to start, stop, or sacrifice? So let me tell you um, a definition that is really important that we embrace and understand. Balance. I think that 
for so long, we had a misunderstanding of what true balance was. So many of us believed that balance was being able to equally keep everything in motion that we needed to have in motion. That I can give an equal amount of effort, time, and efficiency to every priority in my life. And when I can do that, when everything is running on all cylinders equally and as effective, then I have achieved balance. Since that don't exist, it just don't. And I know I should be saying doesn't, but don't feel stronger, sis. That level of balance is not attainable. That's fairytale land. That's movie-like. Stop striving for that. Balance, true balance, achievable balance is having the maturity, discernment, and insight enough to know where and what priorities to feed into at what level. So just to be very practical, there are going to be times in your life, seasons in your life, where you need to sow more time, energy, and effort into your marriage than you do what's going on with your children. And I know that sounds a little bit like, I can't give my husband more time. Yes, you can. There's a season where your husband is going to require more energy and effort than your children. But there may be a flip season where you need to, because of what's going on with your child at school or their health, where they're going to need more time, energy, and effort than what your husband does because the relationship with your husband is solid in this season. So you can afford to pour into your children a little bit more. There's going to be time where you're going to be at the gym five times a week, getting it in. But then there's going to be another season where you may have to not be at the gym so much because you have a project at work. And so if you're trying to do all those things, go to the gym, um, be number one at this project at work, go to all your kids' um, school events, be the PTA mom, do this thing with your husband. It's not going to happen. You have to look at every season of your life and say, where of all these priorities Do I need to put in more or less energy and effort? And it was easy when we were young because we had few priorities. Like when we were kids, all we had to do, and and if you have parents like mine, they were like, all you got to do, your one job is to go to school. (laughs) We didn't have a lot of priorities. Um, Go to school, make decent grades, um, make sure we clean up this house and maybe one extracurricular activity. So it was easy to then work other things around those few and well-defined priorities. But as an adult, our priorities have astronomically multiplied. So the question is no longer what are my priorities, but the question has now become which of these priorities do I need to rack and stack higher than the other ones? And so when we now ask ourselves that new question, then it becomes, what do we need to stop, start, or sacrifice? There are some things in your life that you need to stop, whether it be a job, an extracurricular activity, even something that you enjoy, a relationship, but the season in your life is not time for you to pour energy and effort into that. 
you might need to stop that for now, sis. Not forever, because we talk about seasons a lot on this show. Most things in our life are not 100%. If we say no, it's a hard closed door. I believe in seasons. They come around again. So what in your life do you need to make the hard decision to say at this point, I don't have enough time for that. Even though it's a priority, even though I enjoy it at this season, I'm going to stop that. Then what do you need to start? There are some things that would help you, whether it be going to counseling, starting to exercise, starting to take your medications, um, having more relationships with people so that you won't feel so isolated and depressed and being intentional about seeking out relationships, um, joining a Bible study group, um, starting to read again because that makes you feel better. What in your life do you need to be intentional about starting? And then there's sacrificing. And by sacrificing, I mean, what in your life can you say, you know what? I'm going to, on purpose, with intention, devote less time to that. And it may not be as efficient. It may not look the way I want it to look. It may not be, quote unquote, my best. But I am intentionally making the decision to, quote unquote, Let that go some. Something as simple as my house and the cleanliness. Some of you are near perfectionists, but you are mentally and physically exhausted. So you know what? My house is not going to be as clean as it normally is. I'm going to sacrifice that a little bit. Or it could be a relationship that you are a extrovert. You are the life of the party. You are the hub of your friend circle. You're the one that Um, plans, all the events, but it might be something going on within your marriage where, you know what, I have to sacrifice at this season um, how much I pour into my friend circle because my marriage needs it more. Not that my friends are not priorities, but I am with intention choosing to pour balance more energy and effort into my marriage or my kids, or, hey, this season in my life, because I'm working so much, then I am going to sacrifice my workouts. So you have to, with intention and with decision, find out for yourself, in order for me to have a little bit less emotional stress, what do I need to start, stop, or sacrifice? All right, moving on. Number five, here is a big one a huge one. You need to accept, ask, or demand help. Come on now, y'all. We are strong. All the women who's independent, throw your hands up at me. Yes, sis. I know you're strong. I know you can handle it. But this season, when you have identified yourself as being overwhelmed, you need to accept ask or demand help. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about each one of those, except so many times people will say, Hey, you want me to come over? Hey, you want me to help? Oh, I can give you 50 bucks. And we, because of our pride, no, that's okay. I got it. I'm good. Please. Y'all, I I want you to look in the mirror. If you, if you on your phone, wherever you listen to this, Go to a mirror and we're going to practice something together. You ready? 
I want you to look in the mirror and repeat these words. Sure. How, how, how hard was that? I want you to try. Look in the mirror. I, I'm for real, sis. I want you to try this one. Yes. I'll take it. Oh, <laughs> was that hard? <laughs> one more thing I want you to say. Oh, I would love to. Like those are words that you need to learn to say when someone offers you help. Yes. Sure. I'll take it. I'll receive it. It is okay to accept help from people. It doesn't make you weak. Like put that pride in your pocket. And then you need to ask. This is even more difficult than accepting. Asking for help. Like we have all these friends and we go out and talk on the phone and post. But if you have true friends, you should be able to say, hey, can you come over and help me clean my house? Like I am behind on so much. And I just need an hour of your time. Can you come help me? Or if you say, hey, I'm, I just really need some time away. Do you mind coming to sit with my kids? Like being able to ask for help. And then the last one is demanding it. Like there are some people in your life, your sister, your husband, someone at your job that is, should be more accountable to you than what they are. And if they began pulling their weight to some degree, it would help you. And you need to find out how can I specifically demand more help from someone who should be more accountable to me in my situation. Having clearly defined needs and bringing those clearly defined needs to that person and telling them where you need your, their help. All right. <laughs> so, and then the last thing y'all, is systems and schedules. Many times, it's not going to fix it. But what do you need to build in as a regular system and schedule that will help you get your life a little bit more manageable? Whether that be using a calendar, whether that be building something into your schedule in a timer sense, doing the things that bring a little bit more organization to your life. So these are just a few. I have about five or six more, but I think I've talked enough. Um, I was going to go into making sure that you pray. That's a huge one. Like, I think that goes without saying, but honestly, it doesn't. I, I do believe in the power of prayer. And when you are overwhelmed, raising that level of concern up, to someone higher than you that can actually move some big old stuff around to help you, I implore you to pray. So right now, I want to end with prayer. Here we go. Dear Jesus, it's me coming to you on behalf of all of my sisters in the middle. We have unique concerns, but you know them all individually. So I am raising each of these individual concerns up to you. And I am asking God for a, um, a divine intervention that gives us a fresh wind, fresh fire, and then the wisdom and discernment to know which one of these tips and other tips and strategies to use to bring ourselves out of a season 
of mental and physical exhaustion. We trust that you can do it. And we pray and believe all these things. Amen. All right, ladies, I'm going to see you next week and praying that every day incrementally you are getting a little bit of a fresh wind, fresh fire. See you next week. Hey, sis, thanks again for meeting me in the middle where together you and I are figuring out and feeling 40 because we understand that getting older with style and grace ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? And why not now? And as always, choose to make it a great day.